From the newsroom of the Rockford Register Star, here's what's new today. Scott Yates, photographer and multimedia journalist with the Rockford Register Star. This show is where we meet the artists who make our community a more beautiful place. This week, we're doing something a little different. Rockford photographer Zen Kingsley has returned to the studio as a guest host to interview me. Zen pitched the idea of turning the mic around so we could reflect back on nearly a year of getting to know our local creators and the themes we've covered in those conversations. This conversation covers a lot of ground, and listeners will be rewarded for sticking around. Zen visited the Register Star newsroom recently for this podcast, so let's drop in on our conversation now. Lost a couple classmates to the Jordan Jack And some cats took a pair of lives for a pair of nines And everything I witnessed with my own pair of eyes It's the pair of when I rhyme, I'm searching for paradise So yes, everyone, just in case this is your first time listening We have Scott Yates here uh, This is Meet the Artist uh, So um, the question that probably most people want to know Or maybe they ask you uh, Where are you from? So Scott Yates is born and raised in Roanoke, Virginia, and born and crazed in New England. I fled uh, the Virginia area at uh, age 18 okay. as soon as I could and went to school at the University of New Hampshire. And I had family in the area, so it wasn't that random Turned out to be a great choice, got a job right out of college, uh, fell in love with the area and the craft of photojournalism, and uh, was off to the races at that point. Nice, 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 nice. And what brought you, well, you know what, let's go back, let's go back to uh, Virginia. Virginia, all Virginia. right. So, what was... You know, what was it like there growing up before college and everything? So little Scott grew up in Roanoke, Virginia. It's in the southwestern part of the state. It's affectionately known as the Star City of the South. There's literally a 50-foot neon star on the mountain overlooking the valley uh, where Roanoke is built up. It's an old old railroad town now taken over by the medical industry. There's hospitals based there. Colleges have their um, their university health systems are based uh, in large part in Virginia, in Roanoke now. Um, it uh, was a, a wonderful place to raise a family. I didn't lack for anything. Had to had to be uh, had to had to work uh, honestly. Um, but my parents were very supportive in every kind of crazy crackpot idea I had growing so up. So you you weren't in any gangs in Roanoke? No, okay. no. I'm sure there were and are, but that was not my scene whatsoever. Because okay. I mean, the word word on the street around here is that, um, well, people say this guy is a G. Um, I don't know what that means exactly. 
Ah, but maybe an OG, an old goody goody. Ah, that might be what they're talking about. It it seems to have a positive connotation, but also maybe you know some intimidation there. Well, I I appreciate Um, the respect. No intimidation intended. Definitely got respect in the streets. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah. So you described the area. Uh, I've been I've been there once. Um, if I recall correctly, there's a military base somewhere around there, right? To my knowledge, and I haven't looked at the paperwork, hmm? Virginia is home to the nation's largest naval base. It's in Norfolk, Virginia. There we go. And I've actually never been there. I've been to Virginia Beach, which is in the same general coastal area, um, for for some vacations. But it's not uh, Virginia isn't known for its tropical climes, so it's not a huge vacation destination for for me and my family. We we go to North Carolina for the beaches. Ah, you want to hear something funny? Yeah. So. Uh Making use of social media over the course of the last decade, um, connected with a guy who may beat, um, never paid attention to where he was from. One day he messages me, asks me if he could send me some music, if I'd be interested in recording something. Turns out this guy's from Virginia. Right. The whole time I'm thinking this dude's from Chicago. He's uh, from Virginia. Uh, we end up getting together um, after years of correspondence. End up flying out there, and we record an EP, which is yet to be released. And this dude took me to the beach for the first time in my entire life. All right, and uh, it was an interesting experience. Got some pretty good photographs. No kidding. But, uh, it was pretty nice. The weather was pretty nice there. Um, mm-hmm. What time of year did you go? Uh, uh, probably late spring. Okay. Late spring, kind of almost into the summertime. Okay. Virginia is great for its four seasons. Um, I grew up with uh, an even amount of time in each of the four seasons in late spring, early summer. It could go either way. If you're at the beach, it could be windy and breezy and chilly, or it could be an early summer where it's like um, 80 degrees or something and you want to put on your trunks and hit the water. Um, in my experience, it's uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful four-season state. So uh, being at the beach, no matter what time of year, is going to be an interesting experience. Definitely, definitely interesting. What? Shout out to my man, Cater. Uh, also, the best gas station food I've ever had in my life. Now you're talking. I am a professional gas station food uh, connoisseur, so you, you got my attention on that one. What uh, I'm, I'm curious, what was your first impression seeing the, the wide open expanse of the beach for the first time? Man, those words are very accurate. It was definitely uh, wide. Um, the view was just... Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's so many things you can see on a postcard, so many things you can see on television, but there's, you know, certain things you, you see in person and you're there. Um, maybe I went on a day where there just wasn't so many people. So it wasn't like a, a space that was just overcrowded with people. Um, this guy, you know, lifeguard sitting on this high tower, just kind of chilling. A few kids running around. I think there was like maybe one food truck. Um, I don't know. It was, it was beautiful. 
no broken glass or any like you know trash or anything like that you know some cool birds that would you know hang out i thought it was dope i think uh i think that's a magical experience i i just love uh the beach i love wide open large bodies of water uh, yeah. i think i definitely have some sort of water spirit animal uh in my past there so anyway thanks for taking me down that trip i'm glad you had that experience as well yeah man for sure um so i guess kind of getting back to uh you know back to it um photojournalism what specifically drew you to that yeah so um my first real aha moment with photography came when I stole my mom's 35 millimeter point and shoot camera. I took a picture of my Fender Stratocaster guitar, lefty, just like Jimi Hendrix. Oh yeah, we got to come back to this. Yeah, <laughs> and it was sitting on my bed, been and out. the afternoon sunshine was just streaming through the the window there. I took a picture of it. I know what went wrong now, but the way the photo came back to me, it was sun dappled and overexposed. There were light leaks on the the film and and on the resulting print, and it looked like a tie dye psychedelic tie dye print. Um, and it was just so darn cool. And I looked at it and I was like. I don't know what I did or what happened here, but I want to learn how to do that on purpose next time. And so that was about the year 2000 or so. And I have been trying to do cool images on purpose ever since. But, um, and that was, that was photography. That, that was the real art bug that has never relieved its bite from my, my life here. Um, the photojournalism bug bit in high school when I had uh, art class. The teacher invited a local photojournalist uh, named Josh Meltzer from the Roanoke Times to come do a slideshow and a show-and-tell of his images to our class. And he got to this one feature photo, or what we call here at the Register Star a wild art photo. It was a landscape taken, I think, at the ridge of a mountain looking down into the valley below and there was what we call god light streaming in through the clouds just illuminating a church steeple in the valley below and it was it was again magical i use that word a lot because there, I, I just haven't figured out another easy way to explain There's the magic of photography and creativity um but the the church was just uh, spotlit in the valley below with uh, trees in the valley uh, surrounding it. And he was telling me the adventures that he goes on and uh, the pictures that he gets to take while on those adventures. And I was sitting there realizing this is what I would really love to get paid to do if I'm forced to grow up and have to pay my own way in the world. Uh, I sure as hell better enjoy what I do. And this, I really enjoy this class. I really enjoy taking pictures and uh, making making that magic happen on purpose. If there's a way that I could possibly get paid to make pictures and go on adventures, uh, let's do it. Never in my wildest dreams did I think I'd actually fulfill that uh, wish, but um, some things happened in college that 
uh, just set me on that path. Doors kept opening. I kept being open to those opportunities awesome. and walking through uh, those open doors. And um, so I, I ran, helped ran, run the school newspaper and the yearbook and contributed to some arts and entertainment magazines, uh, which sent me on some cool story assignments while still in college. Uh, did an internship, and that turned into a full-time job. Again, I was in the right place at the right time. Another staffer yes. was moving on. Awesome. And um, I'll never forget this because it, it illuminates some of my early cockiness uh, <laughs> that has been thankfully burned out of me in the meantime. But uh, I was an intern. No, I was a, a contractor for the summer at the, the same newspaper I did my internship. And walking out the door one day, my boss, uh, the, the photo director, uh, caught me in the in the by the front door and said, "Hey Scott, you know uh, Jackie is uh, the, the other staffer is moving on. Uh, there's going to be a position open. Uh, would you like to be a staff photographer here instead of uh, an intern and a contractor?" And my cocky self turns around and says, "Oh, you know, Deb, that's a great uh, that's a great suggestion. Let me sleep on it. Can I get back to you in a couple of days?" And without missing a beat, she turned around and she said, Scott, you would be a complete idiot if you didn't say yes to me right now. And she was absolutely correct. Um, I, I swallowed my pride and I was like, you know what? No, that's, that's a fantastic idea. Yes, uh, let's continue this conversation uh, real soon. Where can I sign on the dotted line? And uh, so that was, that was really the beginning of my staff career as a photojournalist and uh for for all of our listeners out there in radio land zen is uh taking out his camera and he's snapping some photos of me telling this story absolutely. and that may have been the the click in the background you heard there absolutely <laughs> um i i think this is awesome because it is very rare especially as an artist uh or storyteller uh in america i'll say that um an individual actually gets to decide early on, hey, this is what I'm interested in, this is what I want to do, um, and then is able to actually set out and do that thing um, that he or she loves and gets paid for it. Um, and in this particular instance, um, you know, not only do you get to provide visuals, uh, you get to tell stories with those visuals um, that either change people's lives or document um, changes in people's lives. Um, outside of, you know, just being, um, I'll say, driven by or maybe influenced by the idea of making a living um, with photojournalism or taking photographs, uh, more specifically, uh, do you have any influences, um, whether artistically or career-wise, over the course of the time, that you've been doing this or, you know, prior to? Uh, you just dropped a bombshell on me here. I'm getting a little uh, little uh, teary-eyed here with sentiment. Um, it, it's the end of a long year, and I'm really looking forward to a week vacation back home in Roanoke um, to see my mom and dad and step-parents and, uh, and a couple of siblings. Um so 
when you say influences, yes. I immediately think of my dad, John Yates, and my mother, Pam Yates. They're both uh, the most uh, sincere creators uh, in my life. Number one, my mother created my life, first of all. Right on. So got to right give on. her the first credit there. Uh, followed uh, closely by my dad, who's been a, a lifelong creative influence for me. He is a musician. He um, illustrates um, beautiful greeting cards. Uh, whenever he writes letters or birthday cards to to me and my kid, uh, my sister, um, he he uh, does calligraphy and illustrates the the envelope and the letter itself, which was really cool. Very nice. Um, and he's uh, paid uh, paid my college tuition through his own carpentry uh, private contracting business. Uh, he's a one man band carpenter um had a had a nice uh, career doing that working super hard making making things out of out of wood and uh fiberglass and and, and nails and screws that um that i have no idea how he does what he does um but he he worked uh, and traveled um extensively to um to help uh raise me and my sister and 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 so that's been a, a creative. He's been a creative influence in that realm. My mother is an incredible cook and chef. Uh, that she's always created cuisines growing up um, out of out of nothing. It seems like I, ne- I didn't spend too much time in the kitchen with her, but um, I would smell the smells wafting through the house uh, during holidays and what have you. And at the end of the day, there'd be this beautiful buffet of like three course meals uh, whose ingredients come from around the world. Depending on which holiday it was, she would uh, make a holiday themed cuisine for us and, and family and friends that would come to spend time with us all. I believe she was miscast as a, a physical therapist, as a career and trade. She should be a, a uh, bed and breakfast uh, innkeeper. I was about to say, man, it sounds like growing up you had the best snacks, and your dad left the most awesome poster notes. And, and well, and he's a musician too. I, I neglected to say his his real passion is, is from my point of view, is music and performing music. Uh, he plays bass and guitar, and um, and so that's that was my guitar influence growing up. I wanted to be like Dad okay. and Jimi Hendrix. I uh, couldn't play Dad's right-handed guitars, so when I heard about Jimi Hendrix and his leftiness, lefties unite, um, I wanted to to pursue that uh, creative path. Quickly learned that I wasn't a musician, uh, and my my photographs of of musicians and I instruments somehow, are a lot better than me actually playing them. I somehow feel like you're downplaying this dramatically. Oh no, I I can only play the radio. Are you kidding me? You don't want me on. Uh, behind the strings or anything like that. <laughs> I, I, I feel that I need to further investigate this. Okay. I'm going Speak- to I'm have to hear this for myself. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, well, we'll turn off the mics for that. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, Zen, I recognize you're, you're quite the musician yourself. So, um, maybe I'm, I'm, I don't I'm play barking down the road anything here. well enough to play <laughs> outside. Uh, I own a bass, um, and keep, a pretty steady pocket on drums but that's about it well um our theme music for this show we've already played a little bit of that is 
um, called Writing Rhymes featuring Zen on the uh, Arising EP by Automatic. It was a 2015 release. Um, you were um, you were flowing on that about the first quarter of the song. Shout out to my the, man A Prime. Yeah, and uh, so that's that's where your artistic, uh, your sonic artistic. Uh, strengths lie you you say in this song if people are listening closely they say that when i flow it will flood and i don't know if you wrote those lyrics but it uh comes from you so naturally and uh from what uh, i've learned of you in 2019 you're just uh you know that that essence that sound and those lyrics kind of just saturate the world with the essence of life that is zen uh, the the man that I've come to know this year. So uh, I think you were being modest and selling yourself short there, saying you you can keep a steady pocket in the drums, but uh, you 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 get you got some skills there. You know, I I look at um, I think everything is is a tool, and um, you know it comes down to mastering a tool, uh, and and I think that. If you master a, a hammer uh, or a saw, you know even that can create things that are beautiful, uh, and, and that's that's the part where we become fortunate in um, making use of those tools and how they affect other people. Uh, you know, your father, for instance. You know, you describe him as being, you know, very very uh, good at writing calligraphy, uh, which equally is beautiful with carpentry, um, tools, and trade. Um, and back to you, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, in the course of the time that we've gotten to know each other, you have been very modestly, uh, able to master the tool that you are using, uh, at this time to communicate with individuals and communities and to bring them together, uh, using those tools, um, well, that's that's the power of photojournalism here, and that's the importance of maintaining a strong news industry in our community here. Um, selfishly, the the Register Star for me has been a, a saving grace, where it's provided me a platform to to exercise my skills. So I'm grateful for this opportunity. And I take that as a huge responsibility to use those powers and that responsibi- uh, responsibility in a in a positive, uh, productive way. We don't always get it right. Nobody ever gets it right all the time. Um, uh, not to take away from any anyone else, um, I've met a number of uh, individuals who have done, and you know, a few who are still doing the same thing that you're doing, um, and have been exceptional at uh, articulating um, imagery uh, and words to describe um, events, um, situations, circumstances, um, to even bring uh, more of a sense of humanity to, you know, the field uh, as opposed to, you know, what we oftentimes, you know, come across, which is very mechanical or, um, you know, just something that does not really lack I mean that's something that doesn't really uh, contain uh, humanity um, isn't that the the reason and, and the purpose of every art form though is to make something 
human, so, so something relatable to human beings? You would think so, but sometimes I would say more frequently now, um, it's a lot more of the opposite because of uh, capitalism. Um, you know, not to get too far off of uh, task or topic, but I think it's actually pretty relevant. Um, integrity. I think integrity is an important word uh, when it comes to art, when it comes to anything of substance. And I think that um, you as an individual carry yourself in a manner that um, definitely, definitely displays a high level of integrity, which I, I personally, as well as I, I could probably feel safe in speaking for the rest of the community, uh, appreciate about you. Well, thank you very much. Um, I like to go on the record to say that uh, I I really, really love what you have done with the Meet the Artist series uh, because it has been successful in highlighting um, and projecting, you know, accurate images of local artists uh, in the community. Something that I have not seen. Um, quite a few people have attempted in the past. However, uh, I was either not, you know, follow through or no success based on bias uh, or, you know, people who would try to do something like this would be artists themselves, which is somewhat of a conflict of interest for some. Um, but ultimately, um, just being able to successfully combine um, artistry as well as community involvement and influence and every single artist uh, or individual from the community that you've interviewed has had a connection and, you know, with, with uh, the rest of the community and it's been a very diverse uh, display, which is also a very difficult task to uh, execute. Um, and I think that, you know, that is definitely beginning to set a precedent and set a tone that has, has been much needed. Um, real quick, um, do you feel that in your work, do you, do you feel because oftentimes, because at, at the end of the day, it is work. So I'm sure there are instances in which, you know, you get a project that you relate to more than another project or that you might enjoy, uh, covering, uh, then, then maybe something else. Do you feel that there have been many, if at all, any instances in which you felt like you've compromised your own personal values, uh, or beliefs, um, in covering a story or, um, documenting, um, uh, you know, something visually, um, you know, uh, I, as a, as a photographer and artist myself, there are times where I have, um, find myself capturing an image or even writing about something that outside of, you know, the artistic platform, it may have been something that I may have just kept walking or I may have, you know, not felt a need or a desire to um, transition, you know, into 
an expression that someone else could relate to. Like sometimes it's about telling a story and it may not be your own or sometimes it may, you know, it, it may feel more like an obligation than a desire. Um, how's that, how has that been for you? As a professional photojournalist here in Rockford and uh, up and down the East Coast in my in my career, um, I get to see the best and the worst of humanity, um, sometimes all in the same day. And in the course of covering local events, uh, there are business-oriented events, there are activist events, from all sides of all all ends of the pers- uh, uh, there are events that span the political spectrum uh, from from life and and I'm first of all that's a, a wide ranging question and so I'm I'm grasping for a coherent way to to cover well, all the grounds there <laughs> I, I, I apologize if I made that too difficult. Um, we break it break it down into the different uh, aspects that you're interested in, and and, and I can make, make it more coherent. I, I guess I I guess I try to make it as general as well. I, I try not to make it too specific because I don't want to. Um, you don't want to lead me on to a certain answer or anything. Yeah, you know, I, I want I don't I don't want you to feel like I'm 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 trying to pull a certain answer. I want mm-hmm. you to answer. Sure. And however you interpret that question, and, and based on how, however, whatever, whatever feelings that that it brings about, sure. whatever thoughts, I think that that's important. So I think um, you're you're talking about personal and professional perspectives in the subject matter that I am tasked with covering. See, you knew, you knew, and, <laughs> and uh, sometimes those perspectives can be in conflict, but um, the result that the public sees is always going to be something of of moral and ethical fortitude because throughout the day I've will will have uh, myself asked questions about um, my my point of view in covering this and our institution's point of view in covering this. I am rarely the only person um, that sees my pictures before publication, so oftentimes in the newsroom. There's a conversation amongst editors, reporters, and myself uh, regarding the um, the importance of one image over another. First of all, uh, on scene, uh, my instincts kick in, and I I turn in my professional instincts kick in, I should say, and I turn into uh, as objective an observer as I can can be um, as a human being. No one's ever going to be a hundred percent objective, but um, I can ask myself critical questions on scene to get me as close as possible to it. So if I am personally um, uh, don't um, don't agree with uh, whatever is happening, I will still cover it as an objective observer and give as many sides exposure as possible. Sometimes there's only one point of view present at a scene, and um, I'm covering it naturally. And so uh, the the viewer may think that I am biased and only presenting one point of view. But as an objective observer, I can't manufacture the counterpoint no, to that no, scene. No. So 
that's that's my, my my answer to that. If someone critiques my one-sided reporting, I'm just going to say, well, that's what happened right in front of me, and I made um, I made a picture that tells that story. Um, I I can't uh, well I can't in a news photo easily represent a an opposing idea to whatever's in front of me. Um, we're we're going to delve into art and um, conceptual photography quickly if we try to incorporate two opposing ideas into a single frame if one of those ideas is not physically present there. Um, that makes sense. So so that's that's one way to to balance or one answer to being a, an objective observer photographically on scene. And um, in my, I, I don't do much personal work these days. Towards the end of the year, I've been getting into some film photography, and I'm trying to start a uh, start up a, a photo club with uh, some friends. And Zen, you're cordially invited, hey. and uh, I can drop you some details on that after our conversation here. Yeah, I'm totally down with that. Um, I'd like to apologize for the buzzing that you may have heard in the background. Um, I got a new iPhone. And I have no idea how to turn the, the <laughs> ringer off entirely. So, well, I got my earphones on here, and I was yapping away. So, between uh, <laughs> my my skills here, uh, I actually didn't hear uh, your phone at all. Uh, saw you taking some selfies there with me, and that's always. Uh, oh man, I just got you. <laughs> okay, so well, pointing the camera in my direction is obviously. Uh, uh, not what I'm used to. So you, you if know, you hear me stutter or something, it's probably because the lens is now pointed in my direction. Hey, that's absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> Did I answer your question? You you answered. You definitely answered okay. the question. Um, I feel like I could go on for that one. If if you prompt me again, it will. No, uh, no, that's, that's cool. It man. Will, uh, spur I, I feel on like you accurately ideas. answered the question. Um, it was very open to um, a lot. Um, and so I, I think you answered pretty accurately um, without incriminating yourself in any way. So we're all <laughs> <Okay>. good. <laughs> yeah. The, the Meet the Artist podcast is in no way a gotcha moment. I'm bringing in people into our, our private recording room here, but it's not a gotcha moment. So I appreciate you not uh, trying to trying to get me. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what we do here. No. Um, but to, to reply to your earlier um comments on on the meet the artist uh, series this year i just want to say thank you so much for those kind words and thank you um, uh, i uh, i probably couldn't say the idea of meet the artist any better than what you described um it has always been intended to um highlight the the wonderful people in our creative community, making our world here in Rockford and beyond a more beautiful place. And um, we all do a great job recognizing and recording the natural, inherent beauty all around us and uh, communicating that beauty to our audiences. Whatever medium we discuss here on the show, the artist is always uh, a great communicator to to their own audience. And, and now through this podcast through our audience and um and that's that's uh just giving props where props is due and, and you definitely deserve them in this climate of uh, um 
we don't uh, we don't appreciate our artists and our creators as much as we should. That's a, a part of our humanity that we can't escape, no matter what uh, we do as a profession uh, or in, in our private lives. Uh, we're we're all creators, and if we ignore that part of our, us, we're ignoring part of our humanity. And absolutely, I one of my biggest critiques of the news business is our you know that those arts and entertainment sections are always the first to go as as well as photographers are are i think disproportionately um dismissed in the shrinking news world and um i'm using my my power and privilege and pedestal here to to rectify that in a little way that i can and we appreciate that if i can add to that i i believe that the artists and um the writers um and the musicians um historically have always been the most accurate um the most accurate uh at documenting the history at documenting um the and recording the state or condition of the people or the community and so those 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 individuals will always be important always have been important and right. have always set the tone for uh the progress or or just everything that has happened you know in any community any in any society and so it's interesting that we still display the symbols and play the songs and wear the costumes of our ancestors from the beginning of time who were themselves very creative and artistic in making those items and we still display those and carry on those traditions to this day absolutely as a way of documenting and recording uh, our history our humanity and who we are in today's world in today's mind and it's all because of artists it's all because of creators and that is why I, I believe this is an, it's important because it will be. It is my belief that um, the expressions of artists and writers and musicians is what has and will always bring in the change in every culture and every society, um, especially at times like now. So. You know, it, it may not be um, by way of someone at a podium um, or in a pulpit. Um, I think it, you know, the change that, that we are looking for or that we anticipate will come from a piece of art or a piece of literature or uh, a recording or a song. And so... To have someone who is not only willing to, but is able to recognize, you know, the importance of this and to document it, um, that by itself has brought so many people together and opened people's minds and opened people's hearts to, you know, the arts, because it is a thing that has been forgotten. Um, if I might ask, what, what brought forth this idea? What is the origin of Meet the Artist? And what... Um, what 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 
promoted or inspired you to to not only come up with this idea but to execute it because you know having come from somewhere else and not really having any like real um i'll say obligation or ties to you know because this is not this is not your community of origin and so oftentimes you know just being just being honest oftentimes um you know, what we do, you know, is based on motivation. And oftentimes our motivation is based on what benefits us. And so in all, you know, truth and reality, this is not something you have to do. And so that makes it all the more, um, you know, something that, that can be appreciated because of the, um, you know, who it benefits. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So Meet the Artist here at the Rockford Register Star is not sponsored by anybody. I am the host and producer of this series. This is not this project is not in my job description. My one job description is to make photos and occasional videos for the printed paper and you guys hear that? website. This dude is printing the paper himself. I saw him cut down a tree yesterday morning. Um the, the music you hear in the background, this dude is back here making the beats. Um, you know, he made the coffee. This dude made these these donuts we eat right now. This dude made these donuts. <laughs> okay, I made all that up. Yeah, the only, but, only um, true part of any of that was he was referring to me as a he. I am indeed <laughs> a human man. And that was about the extent of the veracity of that last sentence there. <laughs> But, uh, but no, I'm, I'm not sponsored or uh, uh, supported uh, by anybody other than the regular paycheck as a staffer of the, the Register Star. Uh, going back to that uh, funky uh, photo of the guitar sitting on my bed back in, in uh, early high school years, um, I love everything about artistic expression. Music was a, a first love. I tried being in a few, you know, ska bands and classic rock bands um, when I was playing saxophone. Wait, wait, wait. So yeah. you played the guitar? You uh, played I, saxophone? I finger pick the guitar, and I know one, exactly one bar of one lick that I made up. And um, I just play that man. one bar. Let me find out you Kenny G again. out here, man. You frightened, man. You... Kenny G out here. Let me, no. let me find out you out here on some Kenny G stuff, man. Like, <laughs> no, I wish I played like Kenny G because that man is laughing all the way to the bank. Um, I would be laughed out of the venue if I were uh, behind the microphone on any instrument. Well, you know what? But it's uh, cool, man. I, I cannot play any any woodwinds <laughs> or, 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 or brass myself, so we were in the same boat. But um, you know, I I. I, I really love everything about um, the arts. I love the the kind of people that are gravitated to, to doing this sort of stuff. And, um, and I've realized that I can, just like everything else in photojournalism, uh, my, just like every, just like covering every subject that a photojournalist covers, I use my camera as the passport into those worlds that I have really no business being. Now, speaking of passports, if I can interject momentarily, mm -hmm. um, since you, you use that, um, what 
um, what has been a place that you have traveled, whether literally or figuratively, you know, in terms of a passport, has been um, your favorite place, mm. and what has been perhaps your most uh, uncomfortable mm. or awkward place, mm. um, and both of which uh, have impacted you the most over the, over the course of your your career mm. doing this. Well, even the feeling of awkwardness can be beneficial mm-hmm. and a growth opportunity. And while I feel uncomfortable a lot of the time, <laughs> most of the day, um, and in, in, in some places uh, I feel uncomfortable, but I choose to interpret that and internalize that as an opportunity for growth, an opportunity to learn about something that, uh, again, I, I haven't been exposed to um, previously um i've done a bit of traveling i've I've been blessed to um to travel outside of the united states a couple of times i did a a summer in chile and uh, did some schooling there Um, it was right after 9 11 my school my high school here in the states canceled our our spanish class trip to costa rica so i had a lot of personal savings and other investments uh, freed up all of a sudden. The current, um, the, there was a, a wonderful uh, foreign exchange student. Her name was Cristina Alejandro Campusano Valderrama. Uh, she and I became good friends, and, uh, and um, uh, she invited me back to her place uh, that summer. Now that I had some travel funds available, I said, yeah. And her place just happens to be in. Copiapó, Chile, up in the third region of, of Chile. And uh, so I spent the sum- our summer there going to her school, which was actually a music uh, uh, a music school. So ironically, I went to a music so school. You, you back on that guitar. Back, well, I was, I was not, uh, I didn't bring any of my instruments with back me. Back on the scene, out of retirement. <laughs> there you go, downplaying it again, man. Oh, boy. You did a... Did a whole summer tour. So so that was an incredibly uncomfortable, actually. Um, I was there for about three months. Wasn't fluent in the language. I was just about to ask. But I could get by enough right. to flirt with the girls um, and enough to ask where the bathroom was. I'm out of toilet paper. Um, you never you, – you don't really realize the things that are really important in your life until you can't ask for help to absolutely, get them. Absolutely, man. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely um, – so I was I was like the weird guy and, you know, uh, out of my, my friend group and my peer group because we all we all had the elective, you know, foreign language we could take in mm-hmm. high school. And I took German, dude. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's not how you say yes in German. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got me excited about traveling in foreign languages and stuff. I'm just pulling stuff out of my. Nah, head dude, here. it's no. cool. You actually sounded like. Um, no, nah, I'm not gonna say that. That might be misinterpreted. Well, um, I was I was mistaken for a German kid when I was down there in Copiapó, Chile. And wait, and how? How? I don't know if it how was my that? my accent speaking uh, Spanish. Or, or my, I was kind of, I had lighter hair and fair skin, but it worked out because uh, our our president and our our national policies were not really 
popular at that time. Yeah, I was going to say, man, I, I think that's probably good you were mistaken for and I, I probably used it, I used that to my benefit. Other than, yeah. yeah. But I, I can't say I've ever had a conversation with you know what, man? They thought I was German, man. I went, I went to grab a cheeseburger. Like, I, that's that's interesting, man. Um, that's cool. Um, um, no, I'm. I love. I love America. This country has been great to me, and I love being a citizen. But um, sometimes uh, you just will. Just, it's just better to let people think what they're already going to think and not say anything, and move on with your life. Um, I wasn't in any sticky situations down there whatsoever. I just thought that was an interesting cultural assumption uh, put upon me by somebody else. And um, oh, yeah, man, yeah. Sometimes, man. I mean, with any any group, there's always going to be those instances where we don't all agree, um, and we make mistakes, and you know that that kind of incites feelings, and you know we deal with it, we we move on. Um, you know, there's, it's a thing. And I'm, I'm just glad that in that particular climate, you know, you were able to have a good experience and, uh, and be safe and it all worked out. Yeah. I, I did get, my mom's going to kill me here for bringing this up again, but I did get food poisoning. I ate some undercooked meat at a family barbecue, uh, was, probably uh the top three sickest moments i've ever been in my entire life in a foreign country in south america as a minor i was i'm 17 at this point by the way okay and um world tour chile doesn't have the best uh history of uh civil rights and treating its citizens uh great but everything was kosher at that point um but i made the mistake of calling my mother with the last remaining few minutes of my phone card saying i'm i feel like i'm dying mom and i really and i'm I'm, she could tell i'm crying on the phone she she showed up no no she almost uh got the fbi and the cia to get come and pick me up that's how worried i made her after the phone card ran out of minutes and the call was dropped in the middle of us figuring this thing out and Man, that, that is a, a mother's worst nightmare. That, that Her little chick was, was uh, a hurting puppy overseas. She couldn't do anything about it. She didn't even have all the information. Uh, I neglected to tell her I was in good hands. I just feel really bad and homesick. Um, I'm, I'm tired and my brain hurts from trying to interpret complex emotions into a language that I don't fully understand. That will alone play a toll on somebody, let alone being just, like, incredibly uh, food poisoned. (laughs) Um, And then uh, just uh, my mother has never let me forget about how uh, awful I made her feel on that phone call. So, um, Mom, I can't apologize enough for making you feel bad. Um, It was a... In the end, what is this, like 10, 15 years later, it's a wonderful learning experience, and I'm a better human being for having gone through that. I probably uh, dropped a couple of years off of her lifespan, but um, but I'm a better human being. So, Mom, thank you so much for, for all of that uh, love and understanding there. 
Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Mom. I'd also like to say to my mother, Mama, I love you. P.O.P. Hold it down. There we go. Absolutely. Um, Where would we be without our moms, you know? <laughs> oh, just because we, I didn't, I didn't actually finish, so it just sounds like I said I was the weird kid for taking German. Uh, what I was saying was that yeah. um, I took German while all of my peers were taking French and Spanish, which were more popular and common. Um, but it worked out. It worked out. This really pretty, cool girl came as a foreign exchange student from Berlin. And they put her locker next to mine. And I ended up getting to show her around school and ended up picking her up for school every day. And we actually became really good friends. Um, I haven't talked to her in a while, uh, but she ended up. I want to say it was like the embassy or something, some government uh, job. She one day I got an email from her. She's like, hey, can you can you proofread? The, can you look this over for me? And I'm like, it's an application for this government position. And she's like, I've always trusted your English. And she's up getting this job and traveled and would travel all over the place. And then, like, you know, we lost contact um, and I ended up moving to New York uh, for a bit and I was doing a showcase um, at a venue in Manhattan and got a message from her like that day her and her husband were in the city and they stopped and saw my show so learning German kind of worked out um, I should say so didn't help me out very much when I went to Mexico <laughs> however working at McDonald's when I was in high school and college I learned enough Spanish to help me out when I was in uh, Mexico. Very well. Very nice. Very cool. I'd like to learn more. I think that, uh, yeah, I think I'd like to learn more Spanish. Well, conversational Spanish has helped me finish uh, my job here in Rockford and Central Virginia and uh, in a few spots in, in New Hampshire, um, all places I've, I've uh, worked extensively. And um, it it's just such a an, an icebreaker to be able to address someone in their natural language. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, people will look at me and, and be a little surprised that I'm spouting uh, at least something resembling Spanish. And, and I think they're grateful for it. Oh, and, man, you sound like you got a pretty good handle on it. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of practice. Like I said, I, I've been um, in a couple of situations where I would like to know the word for more toilet paper, and <laughs> this doesn't work. And you say necessity is the uh, <laughs> mother of invention. The mother of invention, necessity for sure. But yeah, um, that's to answer your question about being in uncomfortable situations and coming out on top. Right on, right on. Um, has there ever been um, an instance in work uh, where something changed your life in a way that was impactful, um, something that kept you up at night? I have covered some hairy situations that have um, impacted me and uh, kept me from going to sleep. 
and woken me up early. Um, or to be more specific, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, something that made you, <clears throat> excuse me, reevaluate and 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 put in perspective uh, your existence or your position in life. Uh, sure, I, I've um, alluded to it pre- in previous episodes here. Um, two years ago, the deadly riot uh, and rally at Charlottesville, Virginia took the life of a protester, Heather Heyer, and injured uh, scores more people um, when a uh, white nationalist uh, drove his car into a crowd of uh, folks in the street. Um, Hours prior to that um, immortal moment, I was in between uh, white nationalists and counter-protesters at uh, the park there, in downtown Charlottesville, and I witnessed and thankfully avoided uh, any physical harm, but I witnessed um, uh, one, uh, I I witnessed human beings fighting against each other for no other reason than a difference in, uh, a difference in thinking and a difference of skin color and, and, uh, and background. In the grand scheme of the universe, those are so infinitesimally small differences that it was um, such a tragedy to see uh, pure hatred of one um, part of our humanity towards another. And I have pictures to prove that. And um, being in the middle of that skirmish, uh, I, I, I didn't fear for my life, uh, but journalists don't always have a, an easy go of it while covering uh, events like this. But uh, other people were, were, were indeed injured, and one woman was killed uh, for, for participating in that day. And I, it, really, uh, it really messed me up. I, I suffered from um, some PTSD after that. But the thing that has really stayed with me is that I should to talk about an uncomfortable situation and, and making something positive out of it. Um, I was really just awoken to the idea that I have a, a, a plot of privilege and power in, in just being a white cisgendered male in our society. Um, with uh, above average, well, I, I would say average income means now um, a steady income, I should say, and I live well within my means, which makes me very comfortable in life. And with that power and privilege comes a lot of responsibility. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like Spider-Man or somebody, but <laughs> it's very true. Absolutely, it's very true, and I take that very seriously. Using a platform like the newspaper, like my my job as the eyeballs of our city, using this podcast to literally share voices of folks that don't have a platform, I, I actively seek diverse voices and life experiences for this show, um, and I advocate for covering um, uh, slices of life in our own community here. 
that uh, may not always make the news but are still newsworthy. Don't do a, a great job all the time. I think it's a work in progress. I think it, everything about life is a work in progress. Agreed. And um, as long as I my, – my worst days on the job is, are when I know I didn't do enough, when I know I could have done one more thing. And, um, you know, to, to advance those goals. Because I know there are so many more stories to tell than we have time to, to do and to explore. Um, to that end, I'm always open to suggestions. One of my biggest um, replies to, to folks in the community is, I'm only one person. Our newsroom is smaller than it ever has been. We can't be everywhere all the time. And we uh, need to hear from folks about their lives in their neck of the woods. So if there's something important, newsworthy, happy, sad, tragic, triumphant happening in your neck of the weeds, please let us know. And um, at least we'll be aware of it and make uh, the appropriate arrangements to, to cover that, to explore that in due time. And that that in and of itself is an important thing to uh, to create that atmosphere um, and that that zone of comfort to be able to even have that dialogue to make people feel comfortable and knowing all right here not only not only is there interest in in, in your story is there interest in in your life but here's where you can talk about it here's who you can talk to mm-hmm. and um along with many other words and expressions that get thrown around, ally is one of them. And and I think that there, there are quite a few people who don't really understand what that means. Um, and so to recognize one's privilege and then to make use of that in order to create, you know, an atmosphere of diversity, to uh, create or make use of a platform that you have, to offer it to others, um, to allow them the control uh, and the opportunity to to express and and and, and actually offer their their narrative is important, um, and and so you know I definitely um, have a great amount of respect for for you and anyone else who's willing to do that. Um, Thank you. And you know you said that you know there's days where you feel like you don't do enough. Um, that is what communication is about. Communication is the key to every door. And so if I can have a conversation with you and I can tell you what I need or what I want, I also have an opportunity to tell you what I have and to find out what you have. And so in, in, in conversing and communicating, I can offer you information that empowers you, that makes you equipped to do the same thing that I'm doing. So now you do have this strength in numbers and that strength comes from understanding. So the more people that you engage to be able to understand each other, the more power we have. Exactly. You know? And so information yeah. is power. So it, sure. it, it becomes less of a thing where you're alone and you have so much to do by yourself. And so, you know, that's why it's important to build that rapport and to have that understanding. Um, You know, I ultimately think that there is, you know, uh, a hierarchy of privilege that shifts based on different situations. I know that as a as a man, as a male, I have privilege in a certain situation Um, as a black male. 
I have less privilege in a certain situation, uh, and so on and so forth. You know, whether you're a white woman or a white man or, you know, what have you. And I think that we have these conversations about, quote unquote, white privilege, which, you know, I do believe exists. But when you really break things down and you and you acknowledge that 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 there's this hierarchy and you acknowledge that there is more complexity to it, um, I think it makes people more receptive to really look at, okay, not only does this affect me, where I stand in this can also affect others. And seeing things from different perspectives is what creates a circle. And then once you, you know, you get a bunch of people together in a circle, it's easier to see everyone. So I, I think that ultimately, not to go too far or further on a tangent, um, what we're doing here is creating a circle for everyone to be able to see each other. And that's, that's good, right? That is so good. Right. So good. And I couldn't put it much better myself. All right. Happy to be a part of the circle. I am definitely um, happy to be a part of the circle. <laughs> <laughs> that got that got real kumbaya real quick. There. It did, but, man. It but did. we need some of that from time we, to time. We we do. Um, speaking of which, I have to ask this question. Uh, I think it's a very important question. Um, and I mean, you don't you don't have to answer if it makes you feel uncomfortable, but. I'm very interested in knowing what are your thoughts about Baby Yoda? Mm. Wow. Talk about an uncomfortable situation. <laughs> Man, you, you're just all about those hard questions. Man, you know, you've you, you got to ask the hard questions, man. You know, I haven't seen the movie. And uh, from from I've, I only know Baby Yoda through the memes, to be honest. Isn't with it you. crazy how the Internet works? Yeah. And so, yeah. like just based on just the whole nature of the internet how we can get context of something without having an experience yeah or the complete opposite mm -hmm. um, yeah i have no idea if these memes are accurate i mean i've seen okay. a wide range of them yoda baby yoda can be spiteful can be curious can be helpfulness can all be right. cute as hell so i'll give you i'll give you a little bit of all right so i'm not i'm not i will by no by no like by no means am I like a Star Wars like fanatic or a fan. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't dislike it. You know, I did grow up watching you know Star Wars movies, mm -hmm. but it was just mm -hmm. not something I got deep into. Uh, but I, I do have a great appreciation for uh, what Lucas did, and, and it definitely is uh, something that you know was very important to 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 the culture of film and you know science fiction um, and. Uh, I do appreciate a lot of the references to fundamental ideology that, you know, told these stories. Uh, but I, I can't I can't name every character. I can't tell you, like, all about all the additions to the series that have happened over the last five years. However, I well, 30 years or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there's some new stuff that's popped up in sure. the last few years, but I'm just a person who doesn't sleep very much. So I find myself watching television shows um and movies a lot and uh kind of stumbled upon this series called the mandalorian mm -hmm. um which is supposed to be kind of this backstory on this this 
Giants Mando character. Um, but Baby Yoda, as everyone calls him or her, because it's not it's not specified. And, and whether is Baby is, Yoda actually older than so the Yoda that we know and love? Well, actually, I don't think I don't. Again, not being a fanatic, so I don't. I'm not going to misquote anything. I don't know that I've ever known how old Yoda was. I think he's about nine hundred to a thousand years old. Actually, but appearance just based on appearance, he Yoda, looks nine hundred. Yoda seems like he's been old. around for a minute. <laughs> um, but in the series. Baby Yoda, in quotations, uh, is said to be 50 years old, which is much older than the Mandalorian. However, in appearance, based on different species aging differently, he appears as a baby. And so he's this cute little, you know, creature, and totally steals the show. So now it's like the Baby Yoda show. Um, you know, I don't want to tell too much of it, but yeah, he pops up and he's just like, you know, he kind of coos and whatnot, like a, like a baby, but you know, you can tell there's something more to it. Like, all right, is this dude going to start flying at some point in time? Does he have powers? We're going to have like three more spinoff movies and trilogies, uh, in and of themselves telling us the history of baby Yoda. Dude, I'm calling it right now. I'm not going to lie to you, man. Like. I'm interested in this now. And and with the memes, dude, people have gone crazy with it. Like, I've seen, um, you know, Yoda talks backwards or whatever. So, they're like, so, technically, baby Yoda's first word is going to be a second word. And <laughs> um, there was another one where, uh, what was it? Uh, they I've seen so many pictures where he's photoshopped. They put a North Face jacket on him and a New York Yankees cap and Timberlands, which is... You know, the Internet never loses, but it never chills either. So there's an artist I follow on Instagram. She's, man, amazing. Um, uh, just P.S. I'm dope. Follow her. She's an awesome, uh, awesome uh, illustrator. She does a lot of portraits. She's done work uh, for a number of artists um, and musicians. Uh, she makes prints. She makes some T-shirts. But she is a New York resident, and apparently this image resonated with her so much that she got a tattoo, like about a week ago, I think, of Baby Yoda in this North Face jacket with this New York Yankees cap on and these Timberlands. And I thought it was the most crazy but awesome thing ever because this is the internet, man. Like... I mean, there's so many cringeworthy things that take place because of the Internet, but there's also so many great and amazing things. Like, I think that you and I initially interacted via Internet. I was just going to say, you, um, the, the two great people in this room got their uh, introductions via Instagram and Facebook. So, And here we yeah. are again, um, making use of a platform to connect with more people. So mm -hmm. hopefully today's show gets a new person in this seat and behind this microphone who is willing to come and tell their story and to connect with the more people and we make our circle bigger. To that end, since you brought it up, uh, this will be the last Meet the Artist of 2019. In the new year, 
I am making plans to make plans to um, to bring in another producer. We have a new journalist in our newsroom, Shaquille Manigal. I know and, Shaquille. Um, he's uh, uh, got a, a sound uh, background, literally a background in sound uh, production, um, and an interest uh, in in. Enlarging the circle, as Shaquille we've mentioned here is today. A pretty awesome rapper, guys. Okay, you get a chance. So maybe Check we'll have to. Music. Maybe he and I will have to do a, an episode, getting to know each other, and getting to know his background, uh, and starting our our new circle from that point out. Um, but we uh, we plan on making a more solidified um, production in 2019. Bringing in uh, new voices and and doing things more on purpose next year. This whole entire year has been um, flying on the seat of my pants. Um, I want to thank all of my guests in 2019 for showing up with uh, hours notice to open their lives up to the Rockford community and uh, just being great people in general and bringing their energy into the room i feed off of that energy more than anything else and so people have in turn brought me out of my shell to uh, be a better speaker on the microphone to be a better interviewer a better storyteller Uh, and i think that just benefits everybody else um, from that point on but He's, uh, he's telling the truth guys i ended up on this show originally um because I just happened to bump in this guy while I was buying a pack of cigarettes. Just kidding. I don't even smoke anymore. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, so um, so here's to 2019. We might take a little bit of a sabbatical while we get our act together. But uh, this, uh, this series, this idea, and this platform is not going anywhere. So stay tuned for new and uh, more great things in 2020. And one last question before we go. Is there any possibility in the future of Meet the Artist becoming uh, a visual thing? So maybe seeing some video. Um, is that is that a possible thing? It is very possible. In fact, uh, our, our new uh, producer, Shaquille, has uh, – that was one of the first things he ever mentioned to me was – turning this into uh, a video production as well. The perfectionist in me wants to nail down this audio production first, get the hisses out of the way, get my ifs, ands, and ums out of the way before we bring in a video camera, lights, marrying the sound with that video. It's just a technical snowball that gets a little bit bigger uh, when when we incorporate that. And I want to make it so that if folks hang out with us for over an hour, like in this conversation, they're not going to be visually bombarded with crap. Absolutely. Um, and I, I just want to make sure that we have the resources in-house to bring the visuals out uh, in, a, in a proper manner before we do that. But, uh, again, I think that's something that we can look forward to perhaps in 2020. I, I hope so, man. I, I just want to come back and um, be a returning guest and – completely do the next interview in full cosplay i'm not really sure what character yet i think baby yoda um you know i'm six five man i don't think that's gonna work <laughs> i would probably end or up or it could work awesomely 
Or I'll just end up looking like Batley from uh, Eureka's Castle. <laughs> and I just I completely, grew up on Eureka's Castle, I just Castle, completely man. dated myself by saying hey, that. me too, man. I, I think I had a, a, a puppet crush on her. I was, <laughs> and, you know, she 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 was the boss, uh, I think, in her realm there. So, Dude, I made not? a reference to uh, someone mentioned The Simpsons to me the other day. And I, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember when The Simpsons was just a short that came on in between episodes of the Tracy Ullman show. Oh, man. And they looked at me like, what? Who is that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're like 17, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, man, I remember when uh, The Simpsons, oh, they were very crudely drawn as well. Um, Beavis and Butthead, uh, Eon Flux. These, there was a show uh, that came on MTV. It was all, it was just composed of just entirely of shorts it was um liquid television Oof, remember that Oof, no actually oh dude i'm sure you can find it on youtube or something but it was just like a a whole series daria Daria. was one of the shorts on there Mm, okay and it was just uh in between music videos Mm -hmm. the show would they would show music videos and then it would be like all these short animated um some of them weren't even animated there was one that was called dog boy Mm -hmm. remember the old energizer commercials where the people looked like they were made of plastic Hmm. And they had like this plastic hair. Oh, oh, kind of like um, you Max bring, Hedrum. You are Remember? pulling me back, and I'm fighting it. But there's some images coming back yeah, to yeah. me. Dog Boy was right. a, a series that was like all the characters look like that. Okay, all right. And it was that was like the only like, I think that was the only live action short that came on during that show, and the rest of it was all animated. Man, but yeah, dude. Oof. You do watch uh, your fair share of the screen there. Dude, I Good for you. probably did not. <laughs> and, but I'm not a big TV person. Like I'm, just, I'm kind of one of those people. Like I got some of my buddies tease me. Like, oh, you're a sneakerhead. I'm like, I'm not. I just like what I like, or you know, just mm-hmm. stuff that I'm, you know, the stuff I'm interested in. I'm really interested in it. Uh, I spent most of my adolescence playing chess and reading comic books. Didn't didn't really watch a lot of TV, but the TV I watched was always like kind of the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. You had your your lane there. Yeah. Good. Well, we've talked about almost everything under the sun good, and good. in galaxies far, far away Absolutely, as well. Uh, anything else uh, you wanted to ask that you didn't think to ask me? No, I think okay. that um, I think we covered all the important stuff. Um, things that I think that people needed to know or should know about you. Um, last question. Mm. All-time favorite Marvel character? Uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. Um, uh, can we just do comic book character in general? Or are you got to pin me to Marvel? <laughs> Why do you feel like you'll get in trouble? Because I don't know who Superman is with, what universe oh, he's with. But it's cool. Superman and Spider-Man. Dude, that's, that's cool. You, yeah. you got it. You got it. Okay. Superman is, is DC. Uh-huh. Spider-Man is Marvel. Okay. So I got cool. it. 50-50. You're good. I, I split my, my chances on that one. Then. And what, <laughs> you know what? What's actually cool and kind of interesting is that there are sometimes there's crossovers. Like there is a crossover series where Wonder Woman actually fights Storm. And that's DC versus Marvel. Okay. Because technically they're from the same place they're both amazons Mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting well um 
you you got me. I don't like, I don't uh, know my characters there. I just know nah, that's cool, man. The, I just know the ones that I like there. I, I always <laughs> I always found interesting the, the characters and found them relatable because they oftentimes represented the individuals in society who were marginalized or or oppressed, and I, and I always thought that the uh, storylines were very, uh, you know, creatively uh, composed, you know, uh, in, in parallel to that, and also very well drawn. That's mm-hmm. how I learned how to draw. I learned mm-hmm. how to draw from reading comic books. Cool, cool. Well, in closing, we have talked about everything under the sun and in galaxies far, far away and different universes. My guest host today is Zen Kingsley, Rockford-based musician and photographer. This is uh, our last Meet the Artist episode of 2019, but look forward to great things in 2020. This is... uh, Scott Yates signing off for the year. Thank you so much for throwing your earballs my way this year. Look forward to uh, hearing you again in the new year. Sayonara, everybody. And thank you, Zen. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for coming in and answering the questions, man. I'm glad you gave the people an opportunity to get to know you. It's all in my blood, my stream of consciousness They say that when I flow it will flood To me, music is the definition of love For the record, the more I found The deeper I dug, right rhymes Meet the Artist is made possible Through the journalism of the Rockford Register Star The episode's theme music is called Writing Rhymes featuring Zen On the 2015 release of the Arising EP by Automatic For more from the newsroom of the Rockford Register Star. Go online at rrstar.com.